Everybody, welcome to Talking Stuff. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. That's Andrew Ellis. This is another episode of the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by The Podcast. And, uh, you know, Andrew, it feels like summer has finally hit Ohio, which is nice, uh, considering the rest of the country has been broiling for the last uh, three weeks. Ohio has been relatively cool, but now it seems like things are heating up, both on the recruiting trail and in the atmosphere. Yeah, like that's that. true. That's a that's a nice job. Uh, things are kind of heating up, though. I mean, it's we we've got through June. I think we kind of thought all these fireworks were going to come in July, and now we're at the end of July. And these next couple weeks, you got numerous guys coming off the board. So it's it's a chaotic time right now, in a good way, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing about heating up is sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad because sometimes when you heat up, you melt down. Uh, and I feel like the Ohio State uh, football community especially on the recruiting front, melted down a little bit on Sunday when Kingston Viamuasa um, surprised everyone and picked Notre Dame over Ohio State, which was something that heading into last weekend seemed virtually inconceivable. Uh, there is not a single person around the Ohio State program who believed Viamuasa was going to pick a different school. There is not a single person around any other media outlet or other program that believed Viamuasa was going to pick a different school until Saturday night, which is when things started to shift a little bit toward the Irish. And Andrew, I mean, it's been beat to death a little bit, so I don't want to dive too far into the explanation that he gave, which is that he went on his recruit, uh, uh, recruiting, a, I'm sorry, his, his camp his church retreat, I, I get recruits on the brain, went on his church retreat, um, read a couple of Bible verses that seemed to him to be speaking to him to, to go a different direction than he was intending and to put his faith into things that uh, were unseen, like he had seen that he didn't want to go to Notre Dame and somehow reading a Bible verse made him think I should go to the one place I didn't want to go, which again, I'm not. Uh, it is not my intention to mock the idea because everyone finds motivation in different ways. But for Ohio State, um, there's not like a lot you can do to refute that, right? You can't be like, Kingston, really? Buddy, come on. Your mom, Jesus, that's who you're listening to? Like, uh, at some point, like, all of the great things that he said about Ohio State, all of the – I've talked to Ohio State recruits who had asked him last weekend what his plans were, and he sent back the Ohio State logo. And, sent, and told them he was going to Ohio State. Um, whatever caused the shift was, whether it was mom, whether it was God, whether it was, uh, you know, the way the wind was blowing on Sunday morning, I don't know. It doesn't matter. He picked Notre Dame, and that hurts. That was like, that's a sting for Ohio State because they had this kid in the class in ink, and then to lose him at that moment, um, I don't know that there's an easy way to like absorb that. Yeah, but like you said, it really is hard to fault James Laurinaitis, Jim Knowles, Ryan Day, anybody for this. You know, everybody's got their different motivations, whether it's early playing time, proximity to home, getting to the NFL, winning national championships, uh, or maybe it's more of a spiritual thing. And we don't see these situations very often, but that certainly seems to be what happened. He wasn't uh, shy about telling the world that that's what happened. Um but like, like you said, this is a this is a loss. Even with two other linebackers in the fold, this is a guy they've been in on for a long time. A guy they wanted, a guy that was going to kind of complete that linebacker puzzle, especially after especially after Edwin Spillman committed to Tennessee last week. So it, it's a loss. It's kind of a strange loss, but it it is what it is. I think 
I've seen some people suggesting like putting all eggs into one basket, kind of like they did last year with defensive ends. And I don't think this is similar at all because you've already got two guys in the fold. So it's not really like that. Um, but, it, but it's a loss. Ohio State got beat by Marcus Freeman on the recruiting trail for one of their top linebacker targets, plain and simple. Yeah. Yeah. The, the reality is this isn't a situation like Sharif Floyd back in 2008 where Urban Meyer told Sharif Floyd that God spoke to him in a dream that Sharif was supposed to play at Florida. And that became like back channel internet mockery for a few years and laughing about, oh my gosh, did that actually work? This is the kid's experience. This is what he told people, what he what he said was the motivating factor. Academics, we knew we're going to be a part of this. Um, the, the faith part of it was something that hadn't really been talked about a lot in the previous months leading up to it, but it was always a factor. And that's one of the reasons that he was drawn to James Laurinaitis is because James Laurinaitis is an extremely faith-driven person. Um, when we started to really kick back up the conversation around Kingston Viamuasa like three months ago, where I told people I thought he was going to end up at Ohio State, uh, we said it over and over at the time, like mom preferred Notre Dame from the start. And that was going to be a hurdle that Ohio State had to clear. After the official visit weekend to Ohio State, they believed fully that they had cleared that hurdle for the last month leading up to his decision on Sunday. They had cleared that hurdle. When it came down to it, um, that wasn't enough. And, and I was critical of Jim Knowles in a, in a story I wrote over at Rivals.com, OhioState.Rivals.com on Sunday after the loss. But um, And I said, you know, one of the things Ohio State's going to need moving forward is a more engaged Jim Knowles on the recruiting trail. But as you said, this is not part of what caused Kingston Viamuasa to go somewhere else. It wasn't a Jim Knowles dropping the ball or James Laurinaitis dropping the ball. Right? Like they got beat by Jesus and Mama. Like you, that's hard to compete against on the recruiting trail. And what it does though is it makes Ohio State immediately pivot. So Sunday you lose the the battle there. Monday morning it's back to work at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for the Ohio State coaching staff who've just finished up vacation. You know, visits are allowed to go on again this week, so this is an open period. So the Buckeyes were back in the building on Monday. Immediately start looking at other options on the recruiting trail for linebacker. Um, and right now, as we record this on Thursday night, Nigel Glover, a former four-star recruit from Clayton Northmont High School, um, is visiting Ohio State. And... He's making a, an official visit to Ohio State, went to Kentucky, now at Ohio State, expected to visit Michigan after. He's a class of 2023 signee, so if he chooses Ohio State in the transfer portal, which I guess they have to technically offer, but I don't think they'd host him for an official visit if they weren't intending on doing so, um, he could pick his school and enroll and be starting practice with Ohio State or Michigan next week on Thursday when the schools kick off their practice. So this is an immediate turnaround. It's a little bit different concept, a little bit different scenario than if you sign a 2024 linebacker. But the goal here seems pretty clear. Find one more linebacker in in the mix. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see if he does make that trip to Ann Arbor. Um, I don't know if that'll be telling or not. I mean, just because he visits Ann Arbor doesn't mean he's going to end up in Michigan. I don't know. It's not a recruitment that I followed all that closely coming when he was coming through high school. Um, I know some sites had him listed as a safety for a bit, I think. And uh, I, I've seen some among the fan base suggesting, well, this isn't a guy who's going to come in and contribute right away. And why does that matter? I mean, as we sit here today, we don't even know how much time a guy like CJ Hicks is going to see this season. So yeah. I, I, this is definitely more of a long-term thing, but if, if they're bringing him in for a visit, I 
believe they probably have every intention of trying to get him enrolled in classes next week. Yeah, I was a big fan of, of Nigel's in the recruiting process. He's not always – like he's a good athlete, runs really well, but doesn't have the f- elite flexibility, I think, which would have made him a, a guaranteed Ohio State offer out of high school. But the point is that Ohio State is not comparing him to the current players on the roster. Ohio State is having to stack him up against the other 2024 high school linebackers and say, does it make more sense to bring in one that's that's already got a, a brief taste of college life that we've evaluated and we've seen in camp, we've witnessed, versus now having to fly sort of blind and recruit players around the country that they don't really know Um on a personal level, like Nigel Glover fits the, the program to a T, great kid, someone that you're going to be proud to have representing the program. You know him. He's from Ohio. There's a lot of boxes that he checks off. And unless you're going to go out and make a, a real run at players like Chris Cole in Virginia, who's likely to commit to Georgia this week, or Chris Jones in Virginia, who's likely to commit to Georgia, uh, and maybe not this week, but sometime in the near future, like and, and Ohio State, Offered Chris Jones a while ago, but haven't recruited him. They obviously weren't entirely sold on what they saw on film. They haven't offered Chris Cole. They haven't gone after a lot of other players in the around the country at linebacker. And I think that's where fans are like, well, why why cast the such a small net? And quite simply, like if how do you say this? If there's one guy who I'm going to trust evaluation wise as far as what to look for in a linebacker in college football, it's probably James Laurinaitis, right? So. If he's not pounding the table for an Ohio State offer to go out to someone, he doesn't get to make the decisions on his own. He's not the the linebacker coach, despite the fact that he is somewhat the de facto linebacker coach. Um, he doesn't get to make the offers. He has to get someone else to do it. But if he pounds the table, that offer is going to go out. So um, Nigel Glover, it seems like the the most natural choice to replace Kingston Viamuasa. Um, and again, it's not for the 2024 class, but it's for right now. And then you go from there. So. Um, bottom line, it hurts to lose Viamuasa, but it, you know, that's life, man. Life in the big city. Sometimes you lose, right? Yeah. And people need to remember they've got two very good linebackers committed right now. So true. We're not, we're not in the danger. We're not in like the danger zone at linebacker recruiting right now or anything. No, Ohio State also has two very good wide receivers committed in the class of 2024, two five stars and Jeremiah Smith and Mylon Graham, uh, and have had, Jeremiah McClellan sort of circled as the likely third option in this class for months. And he is making another visit to Oregon this weekend, which will be his third visit to Oregon since the end of April. And um, while no predictions have shifted, while no one's put in an actual change to Oregon, it's getting harder and harder for me to look at it and not get wary. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence, however, Andrew, that yesterday at Big Ten Media Days, Marvin Harrison Jr. made a comment when asked about NIL, and he said this, we're here to be great receivers, be here to beat the team up north, win national championships. If your main focus is NIL, this isn't the place for you, which I'm not suggesting that Jeremiah McClellan's final decision comes down to Ohio State or the NIL that Oregon is offering. Um, But I have heard that they have offered a significant amount of money 
for Jeremiah McClellan to be in their class and sort of be their their go-to receiver. They've got four receivers already committed, so it's not like they're they're using numbers against Ohio State here. They're using you can be our ace and you can be the also ran at Ohio State. Um, I feel like that was an intentional comment by Jer- by by uh, Marvin Harrison and, and a message that Ohio State's tried to get out to receivers around the country for the last year. We saw Carnell Tate and Brandon Innes make their decision with the same essential um, motto in you know, being used and deployed by them. How do you recruit against a team like Oregon when they're offering? I mean, I, I don't, I don't know exact numbers. I've heard it's large, like life changing large. Um, Ohio State is not doing that in the instance of Jeremy McClellan. How do you expect to win that battle? I mean, you just have to use draft history at the position, basically. And obviously, Ohio State's recent history with wide receiver is better than anybody in the country. So, and, you know, the relationship with Brian Hartline, we always talk about comfort and relationships and that kind of thing. And that's really what you have to use here, I think, because if it's an, if it's just a straight NIL thing, then he's probably going to end up in the pack uh, end about West, but yeah, I, it I, may not be the pack 12. We don't know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I started to say that. And then I was like, let's oh. see what Brutus says about that. Yeah. Yeah. But I know a couple of weeks ago you had said, when we were talking about this, you said, if he did in fact make that visit, then there might be some alarm bells going off. It certainly seems like that visit's happening. I know he wants to decide before his senior season. So, you know, that's not great, but I don't yeah. think it's the nail on the coffin or anything. It's just another reminder though, of how different recruiting is now, because for years there's been the classic head versus heart recruitment, head versus heart, head versus heart. And now it's like heart versus wallet. And that's a totally different uh, calculus for kids around the country. And I apologize. I've got something in my eye and it's affecting my contact lens. So I keep picking at it for those of you who are not watching this, but listening to it on a regular podcast platform, be glad you didn't have to see me with my finger in my eyeball. Um, but Jeremiah McClellan's not the only player that Ohio state's recruiting. That's actually, uh, you know, visiting somewhere else this weekend. And, and we, you know, Ohio state has players coming to town too. Um, but it does seem with KJ Bolden visiting Auburn, with Dylan Stewart going back to South Carolina, with Jeremiah McClellan going to Oregon. A lot of these guys had the opportunity to come to Ohio State this weekend instead um, and aren't. So I, I think it's important to underline the fact that with Jeremiah McClellan, with Dylan Stewart, just because they're going to Oregon this weekend and South Carolina this weekend doesn't mean that Ohio State is going to lose those battles. But it does not make you feel warm and fuzzy to know that they've chosen to go back to the what I consider the alternative option for both those players who have been penciled into the class here for Ohio State for the last month. Yeah, this Stewart one is uh, very concerning for me personally, just because, again, all the stuff that happened last cycle with defensive ends and you've got a tremendous interior defensive lineman committed already with Justin Scott and you need We've talked about it, three or so edge guys, defensive end types in this class. And this is a top of the board guy. I think Ohio State likes, I could be totally wrong. I think Ohio State likes where they're sitting right now, but I personally don't like him getting back to South Carolina where I know he's visited far more than any other school in the country. Yeah. And again, South Carolina has done a really good job in the Washington, D.C. area. They signed five-star defensive end Nicholas Harbor from that area last year, surprising everyone uh, when he picked them over Oregon and Michigan. And you're hoping that history doesn't repeat itself for Ohio State. 
as opposed to what's happened with Kingston Yamamasa, where you have a very good feeling, and then all of a sudden the rug gets pulled out from underneath you, especially considering the fact that Ohio State in some way like allowed Marquise Lightfoot to go to Miami um, without putting up much of a fight at the end because they didn't want to get embroiled in a battle with NIL and that sort of stuff because they have a healthy package um, allocated for Dylan Stewart. So you hope that's enough. Um, you also don't want it to only be about NIL. And, and, you know, we've said over and over, if a kid's recruitment comes down to just NIL, he's probably not going to pick Ohio State. Um, but the Buckeyes need to keep winning this relationship battle, and that's the hard part because for as good as he is in person, Larry Johnson in these in these lulls, these dead periods where you're not constantly communicating with someone, like if, if you're not constantly communicating with someone, that can be a problem. And I think that in some ways the younger, hipper uh, defensive line coaches are a bit more active on social media, text messaging, that kind of stuff, where Ohio State's re- really b- relying on the strength of the relationship that gets built in person. And that sometimes can fade when you head into the summer months where you don't get to see kids. Um, you know, as far as those two guys, though, McClellan and Stewart, I think it is fair to have alarm bells going off a little bit, but don't like panic because I don't think it means for sure that it's a, a done deal or it's finished, right? Or am I wrong? I've been wrong before. I was wrong on Kinson Viamalasa, as YouTube commenters wanted to tell me that I don't know anything anymore and people don't even want to pay attention. <laughs> because no, everyone, right. everyone in the recruiting industry said he was going to Ohio State on Saturday. And yet I'm the one that uh, I, I screwed it up. Yeah, you That's lost cool. a battle with it. You lost a battle with the New Testament. In yeah. That one, I it's um, hard. Yeah, but no, you're right about Alarm bells, but not, you know, full panic mode here. If these guys have like a decision date set for like Monday or Tuesday, then that would be a different story. We think they're probably both going to commit sometime in August, but no yeah. date set, a lot, lot of time to play out still. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, again, it's not great. Let, let's not sugarcoat it. You don't want these guys visiting these other schools, uh, especially at defensive end where it is, a, it is, you know, we're talking about it's not panic time at linebacker. It is panic time at defensive end. Like you need defensive ends in this class pretty darn bad. So, risking losing the top one on your board to South Carolina. Like that's, that's not great. It's not great. So um, speaking of guys making visits elsewhere, we mentioned KJ Bolden who he's visiting Auburn this weekend. And it's kind of weird to me, Andrew, because like he's visiting Auburn this weekend because he had made a promise to Hugh freeze that they would get the last visit. Which I don't understand why, first and foremost. What, what, like, why would Auburn get the last visit? I don't know. Um, but in some ways, like, you'd much rather have him visiting Auburn than Alabama or Georgia. So, or Florida State, which is, you know, seemingly moving up quite a bit in this recruitment. So it's not like as impactful a weekend, I don't think, as Dylan Stewart or Jeremiah McClellan. And it kind of feels like a, a wasted weekend. But in some ways, if I was the leader in the recruitment, whether I'm Georgia or Ohio State, which I still believe are the two teams at the top of this, like you're probably pretty good with him visiting Auburn, right? Yeah, I 
my I'm not paying too much attention to that visit at all. Like if there's really five schools involved, I mean, obviously more, but five main schools involved right now, I would say Auburn is the very bottom of that list. So I'm not putting too much stock into this, but I am happy he's going there and not to uh, Tuscaloosa or back to Athens. So, yeah, I mean, Auburn just flipped uh, linebacker Demarcus Riddick, a five-star linebacker from Georgia. I was told that he was essentially removed from the Georgia class by uh, on Georgia's discretion. I don't know if that's true, but the t- whole point of talking stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, is to talk about stuff that we hear. Uh, and I've heard that that was what uh, happened there, and that's what led to him moving uh, away to to the Auburn commitment. I'm sure Hugh Freeze will be using that win as a way to try to launch into KJ Bolden saying, Hey, we need you. We've got one part. We need more parts um, to make this happen. The the vibe from Ohio state really hasn't changed much about KJ Bolden since his official visit, which is they feel really good, but you just never know what happens uh, in recruiting. They just, you, it until KJ Bolden signs a letter of intent and packs his car and moves to Columbus and changes his mailing address and buys a welcome mat for his apartment and goes to the grocery store and buys his first batch of milk uh, and cookies or whatever kids today buy at the grocery store. You're never going to feel great about this ending in Ohio state's favor, right? Like you're always in the back of your mind. It doesn't matter if he commits to Ohio state on August 5th or not, you're going to wake up on August 6th and go, okay, now we've got to hold on to him. And how do we do this? I think right now the fan base in terms of level of concern, like there was a video that came out on Twitter the other day where he started to say committed to the university of, and, you know, we've heard people miss, you know, misspeak when talking about Ohio state, but if that were a uh, true indicator of where he's going, then Alabama and Georgia has got to feel better. Personally, I don't think that means anything at all, but I, I think it's people just as likely base- to be a fake made up <laughs> troll job video yes. as it, as it was to be an authentic, like lead into a school, but. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think people are more worried about that damn video that came out the other day than they are about this upcoming trip to uh, to Auburn. So I don't yeah. know. And, and I get it. I mean, you should be worried. He, he's in a video with Dylan Rayola, who's committed to Georgia, and Jaden Perlotti, who's committed to Georgia. Those are his teammates at Buford. Um, but again, like you're dealing with the two-time defending national champion in his backyard, the team that his family grows, you know, w- watches growing up. Like I, I understand that he's got family ties to Ohio state uh, peripherally with, with, with Perry Bolden. The Buckeyes are, this is my personal belief. And again, that's what this show's about. My generally my belief on things is that a lot of the conversation around other schools, Florida state, Auburn is just, intrigue that needs to be created to make this more interesting for websites who are utilizing, you know, his name for clicks. That's what I think. Yeah. I, mean, I could I be dead wrong. If he, if he, if he ends up before state, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll eat crow, but I just don't buy it. Yeah. I tend to agree with that. But the, the bigger question of course is, is this buzz that he's trying to generate? Is it leading up to him committing to Georgia or is it leading up to him committing to Ohio state? So that's, I mean, that's obviously the million dollar question right now. And we'll find out in like 10 days or something. 
is there a chance? And this is where, again, and this is where I'd like to have you on the show because I want you to be presented as the voice of the fan. And I'm realizing I'm in a hotel room here in Columbus, folks, because uh, there's Ohio State's having their Summerfest thing tomorrow. And there's a chance to get to talk to some recruits on campus. So I'm in Columbus as opposed to my normal home studio. So my face looks all bright and white because I have a ring light on behind me. But is there a chance, Andrew, that all the noise you hear around other schools regarding KJ Bolden are happening because he doesn't want people talking about Ohio State on purpose? Now, as a fan, yeah. are you willing to entertain that that is a potential explanation? Yeah, I'm willing to entertain that. I am. I my pick wouldn't be Ohio State right now. I would. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not saying mine. I'm not. I, I've had him in. I don't. Yes. I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna affirmatively pound the table that he's in. Last I heard, someone told me was. 51-49, Ohio State. That's what they thought. But was that 51 for Ohio State, 49 Georgia, or 49 Alabama? Because, like, hasn't 49, the... 49 everyone else. I okay. Don't know. Okay. Um, but the point was, it wasn't like a runaway thing where they're overwhelmingly confident. But, like, there is at least a chance. Like, hell, I saw somebody do a story on KJ Bolden on Thursday where Ohio State wasn't even mentioned. So like, it, how does that how does that happen? Um, he took an official visit there a month ago, so you can't just dismiss them entirely. But I think that there's at least a possibility that it is being discussed in the way it's being discussed, so as to purposefully diminish Ohio State's impression or Ohio State's chances in an attempt to create mystery. Not yeah. saying that's a fact, but I think it's at least worth considering as we sit here eight or nine days away from his decision. Yeah, I think it's worth considering. I can see that happening. I wouldn't say it's likely, but it's something I will consider, I guess. And I'm, I'd love nothing more than on August, what is August 5th, next Saturday, I guess, to have another Von Bell situation. So we'll, we'll see if that's how things go down, I guess. Yes. Um, before next Saturday, August 5th, we get uh, Sunday, July 30th which is the date that Aaron Scott, uh, who is a four-star cornerback from Ohio, uh, people may have heard of him on this show, he will make his decision on Sunday and choose between Ohio State, Michigan, and Oregon. Um, it's fascinating. It remains fascinating. Uh, a couple days ago, Aaron tweeted that he was, you know, drawing closer to a decision, that he's still confused as ever. And um, I think it's actually funny in some ways because I believe – that when official visits ended, that Aaron thought by waiting until July 30th, he would give himself an opportunity to let things settle down and to give him the opportunity to really deep dive into a decision without constant pressure and without people texting him all the time, calling him all the time, et cetera. But what he failed to recognize is that the coaches have nothing else to do. And Steve Klinkscale, Tim Walton, whoever Oregon's cornerbacks coaches, uh, Demetrius Martin, maybe someone like that. Um, all these guys have nothing else to do. Even when they all went on vacation, they're all sitting on the beach texting Aaron Scott and telling Charles Woodson to te text Aaron Scott and telling uh, Braxton Miller to text Aaron Scott and telling – whoever played cornerback at Oregon wants to, to, to like it. 
Like he probably would have had a better month of July if he had just made a decision on July 4th, like he had wanted to instead of waiting um, to July 30th. And the closer we get to it, the more I think that the idea of him waiting to decide on his father's birthday because he's guaranteed to pick Ohio state is while like it feels good for Ohio state fans to say that like anyone who has children or know or is a child knows that their father would support them no matter what decision they made. So I'm not saying it has something to do with the date of his father's birthday. I think he just kind of was like, yeah, that'd be a fun day to have a party. And I still think it's going to be Ohio state. Let me be clear. But like if the, the vibe like has not changed. It hasn't gotten progressively better for one school or the other. Like there's confidence in Ann Arbor. There's confidence in Columbus in some circles in the recruit circle. There's not a lot of confidence. And in the recruit circle on the Michigan side, it seems like there's a whole hell of a lot of confidence. So how do you balance these things out? And before I, I jump off my soapbox here, I want to say this one thing. I think a lot of people view the way Aaron Scott has handled the last month on Twitter, on Instagram, like as though he were being disrespectful in some way and like he was trolling or whatever. Um, I had a, I had the opportunity before we started recording this, I was texting a little bit with him just to ask like plans for Sunday as far as the announcement and, and that kind of stuff. And um, you know, what time he's doing at 6 30 PM is the time on Sunday. Um, like what, he wants to do what he's, what he wants people to know, et cetera. And he has really good relationships with these coaches that are going to be important relationships the rest of his life. So like, while people think that he's trolling the Ohio state fan base by wearing Michigan gloves or shoes that matches team colors or wearing, or like, I think that you have to readjust your perspective and realize that he, what he's doing is showing respect to the schools, the uh, to everyone that's been recruiting him. Um, like, I know that people are, well, why isn't he wearing Ohio State cleats? Because Ohio State probably didn't give him any cleats. You know what I mean? Like, uh, if he did and there was a seven-on-seven event that he could have been wearing them at, he probably would have been. I just don't think it – not all of it's that deep. But I do think the relationships that he's made, the relationships he has, are deep. And so you want to pay homage to those people – and respect to those people so that they know that you appreciate the time they've poured into you. Does that make sense? Or am I just completely off base because I'm trying to rationalize what could be him picking Michigan on Sunday uh, and, you know, me having to find some way to operate a website about Ohio state recruiting without it imploding. Well, it will implode if that happens, there's no question about that. Um, but no, I mean, what, what you said makes sense. You know, I, don't know anything about Steve Kling scales or anything like that, but he's gotten to know these coaches very well over the last couple of years or really the last several years. So I can see, I can see why he would handle it that way. I know. And just to conf just to confirm, did you say from the Ohio state commits side, there's not a lot of confidence. Is that what you said? Yeah. I and mean, there really hasn't been from for a while. And that's, I think where like, as I sit here as the, you know, the expert, which I suppose that's my role. Um, there are the little tea leaves that you look at and you're like, okay, but the recruits have always been pretty happy here. They, they feel good. Um, that's not like the case across the board. And so I, I think we all see 
anyone who pays attention to recruiting is on social media. They see how many stories are being written from the Michigan point of view about how so-and-so is talking to Aaron Scott, how this player is, uh, you know, best friends with Aaron Scott, how this player and Aaron Scott have decided that they're going to form a blood bond and, and become, you know, best friends together and create a pod where they freeze themselves and then reemerge 400 years in the future as the best cornerback tandem uh, in the year 25, So like you see all that stuff and, it, and then you talk to the Ohio state kids and they're like, eh, I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel. We don't, we don't have an answer. And it's hard not to let that cloud the way you view things. Yeah. I get it. I guess, I don't know. I just, from what I've seen, I haven't seen a ton of confidence coming from the Michigan side, like the guys who cover it. Um, so I don't know. My, my thought is he'll probably commit to Ohio state on Sunday. I'm going to be flying to uh, Mexico Sunday morning. So if he commits somewhere else, I will, we were originally going to go to Michigan to lakes up Michigan, but we changed our plan. So if, if he doesn't pick Ohio state, I'll probably somehow be responsible for this, for my actions. Let me ask you this. How did you decide to, but like you had planned because you've been talking to me about you were going to Michigan for a while. How do yeah. you change your plans to go from Michigan to Mexico? My wife is like a Groupon, like aficionado. And I've always made fun of how much time she spends looking for coupons and that type of shit. Crap stuff. <laughs> stuff. But, um, but this time, like I'm legit happy that she like found this thing. So we, we had both had the week off and it's not going to cost much more than the Airbnb was going to be in Michigan. So. We're doing that. Are you staying at a hotel or an Airbnb in Mexico? We're staying at a like all inclusive. See, I'm not here to tell people how to live their lives, but don't waste your time and money on Airbnbs, folks. Okay, it's a ripoff. You just get a hotel. Trust me, you'll re- you'll you'll feel better in the end. The fact that you have to pay a sometimes like four hundred dollar cleaning fee, but then still be responsible for taking out the garbage is trash. It's trash. Whatever. I don't know. Um, bottom line, Aaron Scott's decision is not made yet. If if I believe what he tells me, which is what he told me an uh, hour ago, that he's not made the decision yet. He's going to take the next couple of days to really think things through. Obviously, people are hoping to see if he just shows up in Columbus on, on Friday night for the, the summer fest. And I'm sure Michigan is thinking and hoping that he'll show up there on Saturday um, when they have one of their weekend events. He doesn't plan on attending either and i think that's probably best for him to just stay back and you know think about what he wants to do because it's a decision that's gonna either it's gonna follow him for the rest of his life one way or the other maybe it's gonna haunt him maybe it's gonna not haunt him maybe it's gonna haunt us but either way sunday 6 30 p.m eastern time is the time um he told me and he's planning on streaming it on his Instagram channel as opposed to running it through any of the websites or anything like that. So if you're one of those people wondering, when's this going to happen? Like how much longer do you as an Ohio state fan have to see your family and stuff before you kill yourself? If he picks Michigan, you have until six 30 on Sunday night. So go out Sunday morning, enjoy a good brunch, a nice breakfast uh, with your wife and kids in the event that that's the last day you live on earth. Do you remember how was it Jaden Woodby that did like an hour and a half long live Instagram or somebody did? Yep. Can you imagine the reaction from the Ohio State fan base if he does? And that was to that? flip away from Ohio State. Yeah, like he's been was. committed was, for a year. Yeah, like if you're an Ohio State fan, and you watch Aaron Scott live on your phone on Instagram for two hours, and then he picks Michigan. I, that would be a a perfectly good waste of time, and uh, yeah. that's why I recommend to people 
take a step back and just understand that it's a young man making a decision that will affect the rest of his life. And uh, don't take it personally one way or the other. If he picks Ohio State and you're a Michigan fan and you're just watching this because you want to troll us, which is totally fine. Like if he picks Ohio State, you know, wish him well. If, if, he, if you're an Ohio State fan and he picks Michigan, wish him well uh, 11 games out of the year. That's all. That's all you can really do. Um, Andrew, we talked a little bit about the summer fest at the shoe, which is what they're calling Friday nights get together. Um, my understanding is right now because of potential concerns about weather that they're actually moving it to the Woody Hayes athletic center, uh, as opposed to being at the stadium. Um, it's just going to be a day for a cookout, play some home run derby, you know, play some games. Most of the Ohio state 2024 recruiting class will be there. Um, any of the one that's relatively local anyway, you know, uh, Jeremiah Smith's not flying in or anything like that, but most of the kids who are local will be there. Um, it, it's really just a bonding experience for a lot of the young guys. It's an, a big opportunity for Ohio state with 2025, um, uh, kids like Carter Lowe, the offensive lineman from Toledo, um, Maddie Augustine from Connecticut, who's coming back, who Ohio state offered in June. Um, he's a former high school teammate of, of, uh, miles walkers at, uh, Greenwich, out of Greenwich, it's an opportunity with a uh, five-star cornerback from Alabama whose name is escaping me at the moment, but I'll tell you right now, it's uh, Naheem Offord, like I said, a five-star from Alabama. He's coming up. It doesn't look like it's like a huge visit list for Ohio State, and as we said, like Edric Houston's not coming up despite the fact that he had been planning or trying to, and yet... KJ Bolden is going to Auburn and Dylan Stewart's going to South Carolina and uh, Jeremiah McClellan's going to Oregon. And people are probably rightfully looking at this going, so what's the point of all this for Ohio State? Why do this if you're not having it be a star-studded event, right? Yeah, I mean, it just seems like it's more about the current 2024 commitments and then the 2025 class and beyond. And I don't admittedly don't know how Michigan is doing their barbecue or all their other event, all these other events are going. Like if other schools are getting a big group of top targets on campus, obviously we know South Carolina is getting their top target on campus. Oregon's getting one of theirs. Auburn's getting one of theirs. But I don't know. I've seen some people wondering if there's just something different Ohio State could have done. But at the same time, if you're trying to get a kid from Texas or California to Columbus on an unofficial visit, you know, that's not cheap. They're going to be starting football here soon at their school. So I don't know. Yeah, I understand the argument. I really do. And at the risk of sounding like a, a whiner about it, I've said before, a lot of the times people need to understand that there are still rules in college football about paying for unofficial visits to happen and that sort of stuff. And while most rules around the country seem to be broken all the time, um, and I know people will say I'm looking at it through a Homer lenses or whatever, but like Ohio state does not break these rules. And so it takes a lot more planning and a lot more preparation and a lot more investment by families to make these decisions to come up to Ohio in the middle of the summer. When a lot of these kids were already on campus a month ago, Devin Sanchez is a prime example of that five-star number one ranked cornerback in the country from, from Houston, Texas was at Ohio state a month ago had planned to return to Ohio State for this weekend. He told me that when he was on the Bermanology show, we were talking afterwards before he, uh, the interview with him three weeks ago on Bermanology. He said, yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to be back there 
July 28th. And then I talked to his father just the other day. And his dad said, hey, you know, we talked to the Ohio State staff and they told us maybe it's more important for you to get here for a game so you can see the real atmosphere of Ohio State. Um, you know, we know you, you know us, you know what we're about inside of the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, but you might want to experience this side of Ohio State. Um, so, you know, and, and Mr. Sanchez told me, like, I have, I'm a man with three kids. I can't afford to just fly my, my son around the country. And you can afford that if, if other schools are, if schools are paying for your unofficial visit and, um, like it or not, like that's just not the way Ohio State operates. And so th- that is what happens. So he'll come up in October when he's had a few months to put money away. And this is how it goes. And it, it does feel frustrating because, again, you see Jeremiah McClellan making his third visit to Oregon in three months, two of them on his own dime, allegedly. Um, so it becomes a much – it's like, yeah, why not just do that? Why not just do what other schools are doing? And like, I can see the argument. Um, I'm not saying that's what happens in every case. I'm not, I'm not trying to sound sour grapeish. I know it will a little bit, but like, it's not always this cut and dried. And again, some of it is Ohio state wants kids to experience the program at different times. And since the kid was already on campus in the summer, they want them to come and see a game. And once they've been there for a game, they want them to come back in December uh, or, or January and see spring practice. So like Devin Sanchez was at Ohio State in April, was at Ohio State in June. So does he need to be back at Ohio State in July? And we look at it and go, well, yeah, because you want the number one player in the country to be on campus all the time. But money is still a thing for people. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And you know, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. And, you know, so much of it is just regional and how many of your top targets are in this area? How many of them are in the state of Georgia or Texas or Alabama where it's less easy to get up here? So I get it. Yeah. And, you know, what? in some ways, like Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan, because Ohio State's running stuff on, on Friday, Michigan's running stuff Saturday, Sunday, Notre Dame's running stuff Sunday, Michigan State's running stuff Sunday, or Saturday, I think, as well. Like in some ways, you would hope that those schools would find a way to work together and be like, okay, look. We need to get these players from Florida and Georgia up to the Midwest. How about this? Ohio State, you host them Friday. We'll take them Saturday. Notre Dame, you take them Sunday. Sounds good. Like, let's put it in a pot. Let's put the chips in the pot, and we'll all pay for a third. But, like, that's not how it works. That's how I would do it if I was in the – if I was in charge of Midwest football, that's what I would do. I would form my own collective, the Midwest Recruiting Collective, and I would pay for these kids – to fly to the Midwest. And I would also drive them around in a bus that said like recruit tour, you know, like a John Madden bus. Yeah. That's exactly what I would do. Cool. Um, Anyway, you have to pack. Uh, I'm in this hotel and Wi-Fi is uh, always spotty. So we're can, I could keep going for a long time, but I'm not going to, we're going to wrap up this episode of talking stuff on the podcast. Um, Again, Lots of things happening. Nigel Glover's visit is ongoing. There's at least a chance that that one ends without him making a visit to Ann Arbor, I think. Um, And maybe he decides that he wants to – he loves what he sees at Ohio State. They love him. He commits and gets home and starts packing to get onto campus right away. Um, So I guess if you're looking into Friday and maybe there's an opportunity for some news there, there's at least a fraction of opportunity there. I'm not going to stand on it. Um, I will say with 100% certainty that Aaron Scott is 
scheduled to commit on Sunday. That's what we know. Um, what that means, I guess we'll find out on Sunday. But um, hopefully it's a better and happier weekend for Ohio State fans on the recruiting trail than it was a week ago when Kingston and Yamuasa shocked everyone and picked Notre Dame. So um, it's good that football is almost here. We can talk about all this stuff. We will have updates um, from the Summerfest at the shoe at OhioState.Rivals.com as I hopefully get a chance to talk to a couple uh, recruits and commits on Friday evening as they leave the Woodrow. And uh, that's it for me, Andrew Ellis, Jeremy Birmingham. This has been Talking Stuff on the podcast. Thank you for watching. We will see you next time.